Hey guys, how y'all doing? This is Pastor Foy coming at you with another message. I was supposed to do this earlier on this Sunday. It has so much going on. I'm sure some of you, by somebody knows what I'm talking about. Man, life has twisted and it has a sense of humor. And sometimes life just be laughing at us. Well, today was one of those days for me. A lot to do and a lot to get done. But I thank God I'm here now and I've been graced with this time. Favor even now to do yet another word for matters of faith. Matters of faith. So we're glad you're here, or at the very least, we're glad that you take the time and listen to this message. Amen. I want to share with you from the Word of God. And before I share, I want to pray with you. Uh, but I'm going to share from the book of Genesis, chapter number 25, verse number 21, actually, through 27. Amen. 21 through 27. I have on here 27 through 24, but I need you to hear the entire story. And so we're going to do that. But would you bow your heads with me? Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, God, as we come before your throne, God, uh, God, I, on my end, I just want to put a word out there for your people. And God, my prayer is that somebody would hear and open up and let you in so that you can sup with them and they with you. Now, God, help your servant, even as I attempt to share this word with your people. May we ever, never be arrogant, God, but always in the spirit of humility. We want to walk close with you, especially in matters of faith. Faith according and into your word. Now, bless our time here today. Even now, Lord, be with us and keep us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, this is indeed uh, the second message uh, within this, well, actually, the first message in this new year. The last one was in December. So I've got a subject I want to share with you guys from Genesis. As I told you, I want to start at Verse number 21 in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 25, but we want to begin at verse number 20 and 1, all right? And then from there, uh, we'll read to the end of this story. I think that'll be verse 37, if I'm not mistaken. Here we go, guys. And Isaac entreat the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was intrigued with him, talking about Isaac. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she was said, uh, and she said, if it be so, may why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations 
are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Verse number 24 says, And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red and over and, and, and all over like a hairy uh, uh, garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that, came his brother out of the womb and his hand took hold of Esau's heel while the baby's coming out we're talking about. He reached out and grabbed the heel of his feet and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when he shall bear them. All right? So that's how old he was, 60, when he should have these children. And the boys grew up. And Esau was a cunning hunter, hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a planned man, dwelling in ten, tents. He was more like a house child, while the other guy, Esau, was more outgoing. And Esau loved, uh, 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 and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of the vintage. Uh, but Re Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob saw porridge. And Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said unto Jacob, feed me. I pray thee. With, with that same reproach, for I am faint, therefore was his, his name. His name was called Eden, meaning red. All right. And Jacob said, Sell me thou today, this day thou birthright. And Esau said unto him, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what shall it profit shall I get out of this birthright do to me if I'm dying? You know? And Jacob said, Swear unto me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau braid and parch, which is beef stew, lentage is called, and he did eat and drank and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I like that. Let me say it again. The last verse, verse 34 say, Then Jacob gave Esau the Bread and porridge, the lentils, and he did eat. Y'all listen to this? And he did eat and drank and rose up and 
when he went his way, did thus Esau despise his birthright. Now, we want to talk about that just a minute, and I just want to put this into scope. First, you got Isaac and Rebekah. Rebekah, it seems like she uh, was barren, had no children, and they had been working on it for quite a while, but she never got pregnant. And, you know, in those days, if a woman couldn't get pregnant, they kind of felt some shame about it because it was said and understood in that time that women was supposed to bring forth fruit from the womb and every husband wanted a child, yeah, even a man child, but they would have took any. And so uh, 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 her husband prayed for her. He prayed for her, and Isaac prayed, and he prayed in secret. He didn't tell her nothing. He just wanted to pray for his wife because he knew she was feeling down. She was feeling bad. She was being hard on herself because, you know, in those days, for a woman not to be able to uh, have a child, it was an insult to them. They took great shame for it. So he wanted to honor his wife, and one of the ways he honored his wife is first of all by praying for her. And so he didn't tell her nothing. He just got on his knees and began to pray for her. Lord, please open up the fruit of my wife's womb so that she can have a baby for us. And God blessed so much till he gave him double the potion. Not only did she have a baby, but she had twin babies, baby. You know, so here we go, and the scripture clearly tells us in that scripture that the red one came out first. He kind of like had a bone with some hair on him, red hair like or something, and had a reddish glow or shine about himself. Uh, uh, and at the very least, his hair was red for sure. And so he was the eldest because he was the firstborn. But Jacob wouldn't have it, so he grabbed the heel at his feet because he wanted to be first. Now, they didn't understand what was going on. Certainly, Rebecca didn't, but she sought the law, what's going on inside of me? And that's why the law told her what's going on now is that you got two nations in you, and one is going to struggle to overtake the other, and the other is going to surrender. And the, and the elder is, is, according to the scripture, let's, let's get into the scripture right now because I got plenty of commentary for you guys and we're going to make sure that we get this to flow where you can understand it and be able to look at the scriptures and know for yourself what the truth is. I want to start off for all practical purposes at verse number 27 and read through 34. So let's just do that, and as I go along, I will give you commentary uh, uh, on not just what I think and say, but what the commentaries out there are saying, and a lot of them I'm in agreement with. And I just want you to be knowledgeable about matters of faith. 27 says, and the boys grew, and Esau, was a cunning hunter 
a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. He was a homeboy, homebody. He didn't like the woods or anything. Commentary. This verse introduces us to Isaac and Rebekah, children, Esau and Jacob. Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tent, which simply means he felt comfortable at home. One was outgoing, one would prefer to stay home. Esau was an outdoor man, while Jacob preferred staying at home. Verse number 28, listen to this. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of the vintage, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, one of the things immediately you can identify what these parents, one of the wrongs of these parents, we can clearly see from this verse here that they had favorites. That is something that any child should never see what's going on between the parents. Well, one parent favored the other more than the other. You know, I think the proper thing is for us to do is learn to love all of our family equally. But these parents had their favorite. Now, I'm kind of like a person that's more free spirit too. I understand if Isaac loved gaming, you understand? Birds of a feather going to flock together. But if Jacob loves just being at home. Well, again, birds of a feather going to flock together because that's where the mother was at most of the time at home, even though dad, Isaac, did not go to the fields with Esau. But obviously in his younger years, he did that as well. So therefore, he favored this boy coming in, bringing some of that meat home that he went out there and cut. Commentary on this verse say, this verse presents us with some unfortunate information that will play into future problems of these two boys who are brothers. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game that Isaac brought home. But Rebecca loved Jacob because she enjoyed or rather he enjoyed helping around the house. This, this information is told to us to help us understand and to be able to explain some of the stony clouds that are brewing in this family. Just like then, even so now, sometimes parents have favorites not to be malicious about it, but just to be, this is more like what I'm acclimated to. This is more like my personality and what I am. And I have those traits. All right? So in verse number 29, listen to what happens here. In Jacob's side porch, and Esau came in from the field 
and he was faint. Commentary. Here Jacob is cooking what we would call today beef stew is red. And, and Esau comes in from the field exhausted and hungry. Esau says to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew. Beef stew, but he called it in that day red stew. For I am exhausted and about to faint. So in verse 30, and Esau said unto Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pot, porch, which is a beef stew, for I am faint. Therefore, was, he, was his name called Eden. Eden simply means in the Hebrew, red. All right. Now, we already read about that, but he earns his nickname right now, and he's called Eden, but we know his name is Esau. All right. And here, commentary. Esau came from his hunting, both starving and fatigue. He said unto Jacob, let me, let me have some of that red stew. For I'm exhausted and about to faint. Consequently, his name was called Eden, which means red. I guess I say that already. Huh? All right. Verse number 31. And Jacob said, sell me this day thou birthright. The brother just wanted a plate of food. He was hungry. Obviously, he stayed out in the field too long. He got overheated, all exhausted, and, and he feels like he's going to faint in a minute. And he needs some substance to eat. Fair game. Brother should take care of brother. So he asked his brother, give me some of that. But his brother would surprise us in return. He says, sell me that birthright you got. Well, let's learn a little something about the birthright. Commentary. Because Jacob desires God's special blessings, his response to his brother was, sell me your birthright first. What a thing to say unto your brother when you really think about it. I mean, the birthright, what in the world could a birthright be like that, that would make this guy so malicious to his brother. Listen to the story. He says, sell me your birthright. What a thing to ask of your brother. Let's give thought to what Jacob is doing here, because that's the problem that we need to solve. What is he trying to do here? His brother has been hunting and comes back home exhausted and starving. He asks to eat some of that red stew he had been cooking. Then asks his brother for something to eat. And you tell him, I will give you something if you sell me your birthright. Negotiating the birthright for a plate of food. 
Man, you got to listen to this story. This is important. And it's a good story. What in the world is the birthright that will make one do this or treat his brother in this manner? Sell me your birthright. Well, first of all, the birthright is a very important blessing that was bestowed upon the firstborn child in that day. All firstborn got a double portion. I don't care if there was five kids, whatever monies the family had left when dad would die, the firstborn would get a double portion and then the others will get what's left. He would get double what they would get, is what I'm saying. It's like a double blessing. You understand? The firstborn child. All right. So this is what he's after. The birth uh, uh, was, you know, was an important blessing that was bestowed upon the firstborn. The birthright was always allotted to the firstborn son, which was set up to receive a double portion of the inheritance. The firstborn would receive a double portion of all the father's possession, a double portion of the father's property, wealth or possession. He was, it was set up for the next leader, this elder son would be the next leader, the next head of the clan, of the family, if you will. He was set up to be so of the family. The birthright on that hand, or at that time, was considered as a very valuable thing to receive. Not only do you get a double portion from all the other kids, and since there was only two, it was split up into three, and they would give it to the two, to Esau, and Jacob would get the one. But there are other blessings that comes with the birthright. Remember, guys, the birthright had, it was connected to also the Messiah. We're going to see that as it goes. Uh, whatever lintage that the Messiah will come through, it will come through the one that is giving the birthright. And that's why in every family in the Old Testament we can read about, in this family, this, uh, and when you track all 40 generations from this time all the way down to Jesus, you will find the father as Jacob and not Esau. But Esau, had the birthright. So what happened? Well, let's read a little more. The birthright is very important, as I say. Did I read this? All right, let me read on and more. All right, the birthright was always allotted to the firstborn. It's set up from the beginning. The firstborn would receive a double portion of the father's possessions, a double portion of the father's property and wealth. He was set up to be the next line to be the head of the family. Yeah, he was, the birthright on that time was considered a very valuable thing. Those are the five things in there you need to remember about the birthright. They would, not only would they get a double portion 
of the father's property and possessions, his money, wealth, and all of that. But they was also set up to get a secondly, uh, to be the leadership over the family. So now he's the head of the family claim. All right, the birthright on at that time also was considered to be valuable, uh, uh, a valuable thing. Just think about rank, importance. Everybody in the family is going to be coming to me, asking me for guidance, asking me, what would I do in this thing? Uh, uh, but not only was it important for that, but it was also connected ultimately to the Lordship of Christ because the Messiah was promised to come through that lineage, all right? But before we were allowed to understand how unbelievable Jacob's requests were, listen to the response of Esau. Now, I got two things I like to say about that. One is Jacob, you know, you kind of like thought in the beginning he was conniving and wanting to sell his brother the, the uh, birthright. But Jacob loved the birthright. He wanted it so bad. But when we look at Isaac as we're going to look, you would ask the question, why would he sell his birthright if it was this important? At the very least, even if it wasn't for the money, what about being of the seed that Jesus would come through? That surely, if you're a man of faith, would have some importance. But when we hear the story here, we don't hear importance from Esau's view. Listen at verse number 32. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point of death, and what profit shall this be, this birthright be to me if I die? Not only this one statement declares the level of the value of the birthright to Esau versus the, uh, the value of the birthright to Jacob. One desperately wanted it, and one care less about it. Can y'all feel that? So in this verse, it's saying, behold, the response of Esau was, I'm at the point of death, man. What good would the birthright do for me if I die? Now, I say there was two parts to this. Another part is, it's the fate. Who dies for missing one meal? Now, all right, then, maybe I don't know what real exhaustion is. But at the very least, one should have enough faith that raised by a faithful family or parents to trust God and to think you're going to die because you miss one meal. And would your brother really withhold his meal from you if you got faint and you fever and you just say fell out you don't, you don't think that would plead to his love for you we like to think 
that Jacob was cunning, but Jacob was being Jacob and he had value. He saw value in the birthright. All right, verse 33 says, and Jacob said, swear unto me this day. And he swore unto him and he sold his birthright to Jacob. So Jacob in commentary, so Jacob instructs his brother to swear to him that day to give him the birthright. And as unbelievable as the request was by Jacob to attempt to swindle his brother out of the birthright for a plate of food, it is even more unbelievable that Esau agreed to sell the birthright to Jacob for one plate of food. What a dramatic lack of faith Esau had. Thus saying, I might as well sell my birthright because I am at the point of death. So this is a matter of faith. Do you think God will allow you to die over a missed meal? You might be a little weak. You can lay down and rest a bit. You can drink a little water and get a little refresh. But do you think he's going to let you die if you miss a plate? of food. So in 34, our last verse, you got to listen to this. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage, lentil, which is red stew. And he did what? Eat, drank, rose up, went his way, all for what? According to the scripture, he despised his birthright. The word of God interpret this lack of having a, a healthy, wholesome faith about the birthright. This guy was claimed by the word of God or the writer of this book to have despised the birthright. Who? will give up all of that for one plate of food. And the scripture said, he ate, he rose up, he drank, he rose up, and then walked away like, do, 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 it ain't important. So thank you for the plate of food, man. I was in a bad way. Despise this word. They say he despises birthright. Here's the definition of this word. To look at or regard as worthless. Hmm. Also as insignificant, trivial, repulsive, or nauseating. This is what the word despise means. And Esau despised his birthright. 
For him, it was worthless, it was insignificant, it was trivial, it was repulsive, and perhaps even nauseating for him. I don't care about running the clan. I don't care about the lineage of the Messiah coming to me. I don't care about the double potion and all. I would rather take care of my flesh today rather than worry about tomorrow. Hmm. The word birthright can be defined a right, privilege, or possession in which a person is titled to by birth or legacy or inheritance or entitlement. Commentary. Esau trades something very valuable as the birthright for something temporary as a plate of beef steel. Therefore, the scene ends with his declaration. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. Esau's willingness to sell his birthright was evidence that he was considered the birthright as unimportant in regard to his life. He deemed the birthright as being worthless. Commentary. Consider the big picture of what we see in Esau that is so troubling. Esau shows a great concern for his present than he does for his future. He chooses a temporal satisfaction in uh, that present moment than for the riches that are to come for a lifetime. Esau leaves us thinking, or, 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 or leave us thinking, or what in the world is he doing here? What would make a person throw away something as valuable as his in the, of his future, offer something so uh, uh, irreverent he treated like it's not even has no level of importance in his present. The answer is Esau was so consumed with the grat with gratifying his physical body, that is, the flesh, more than the possession than he possessed no concept of what was waiting for his future, which was to come. He was bent on satisfying his present moment today than for what God was going to do for him tomorrow, his future. Consequently, forfeiting his inheritance for 
a meal plate of beef stew to satisfy a temporary hunger. He ate, he drank, he got up, and he went his way like nothing ever happened. What, what nonchalant is that? Non-caring is that. He did eat. He drank. He got up and went about his business. Therefore, it was said that Esau despised and forfeited his birthright. So let's bring this to a head, guys. What means this story about you? There are going to be people in this world that's gonna live only for the present moment. And there's gonna be people that's gonna be ready to die, yea, for the gain of eternity with Christ. Which are you? Who are you? Are you going to hold on to the birthright? The promise of the birthright is the promise that Jesus made. For there's no man that come at me that it will be lost or forsaken. Follow me. If you follow me. And, and, and by follow me, he's talking about make no work of yourself. Be willing to die. So others can live. He said, for this reason came I into the world. God is going to cost you something to get into eternity. Well, what is going to cost you? Faith in the finished work of Christ. And if you can do that and live by that faith, you don't have to worry about your worst day because your worst day, God then already said, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on me. And in another place, he said, cast your cares upon me for I care for you. And in another place, be anxious of nothing but in all things with thanksgiving in thanksgiving and, and you're gonna let, let God guard your mind and your heart what's so significant about the mind where well, he said I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me and then when they deal with the matters of the heart God said come unto me all ye that are laid and heavily laid and I want to give you some rest. In another place, he say, we, you see how I feed the sparrows and all of that, how they do live and eat every day, and they don't sow nor do they plant. You think I'll favor a sparrow over mankind? So then he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added. 
There's going to be things you're going to have. God is going to do things for you. There's going to be doors open simply because you're faithful. You have a genuine, true love for God, even as Jacob had for the birthright. The title of this message, just in case you forgot, was indeed, or despise birthright. Can I ask you a question? Do you despise your birthright? The birthright is something that has plenty of promise in it, plenty of value. Worth dying for the birthright. Just think if you had the opportunity for the length of Jesus, you to be all the beginning of the lineage of Jesus. It was given to Abraham, but you're the first one that now in the birthright follows. Would you have given that up? For one plate of food? The birthright. So many people in today's world despise the birthright. And how do you know that? But you, because you can see how they handle it, how they trivialize it, how they so readily surrender it, which the birthright is, in a nutshell, your faith. It's your faith. Everything is resting on you. In your faith. God died for the whole world so that whosoever should believe, have faith in him, will live and not die. You see, the birthright is the one that though you may physically die, but spiritually you will reign with your father and your big brother Jesus. But there is nothing else for you if you despise what God has done, the birthright that he provides. Yes, he gives us record of it, in the Old Testament, in the physical. But it's an allegory also for we who are spiritual. And like Jacob uh, uh, did for his brother Esau, we do not grab the hill because one comes first. We grab the hill because we understand order. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then you can have all these things that will come unto you. You got to know order. Guys, this has been a blessing sharing with you about a despised birthright. I just want you to think within yourself and give careful thought. Do you despise your birthright? 
or are you a Jacob willing to do anything to get such a treasure? What will you not do for the man Jesus Christ if you are indeed Christian? Inquiring Minds wants to know what about you? Think about it. Father, right now, we thank you, God, for what you're doing, what you've done, and what you have yet to do. God, in my only deepest prayers, that I would never follow the footsteps of Esau. It's going to be a sad day when so many find out that they missed the mark for a plate of food, which just represents the present cares of this world. My God, help us. So many people need to hear this message. So many Christians need to hear this message. Not all that say, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom. But he that holds out to the end. For Jacob, the birthright meant everything. For Esau, it meant nothing. What did Jesus mean to you today? Ah, give contemplation to that. Because to have faith in him is to live for him. If one dies so another can live, shouldn't the person that, that's living die for him that awarded him that life? Yeah, and even more abundantly. Think about it, God. It's called matters of faith. Be blessed. Thank you, Lord, for all you do and all you are for us. And I pray in the end, we hold out and we hold on to the birthright. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let the saints say, Amen. God bless you guys. It's been a good day. Sorry I was late today, but uh, I was glad to get it in. And I know that some of you are going to contemplate on this message, and it will make a big difference in your life. May God be with you. Don't forget, guys, to sow into this ministry. Whatever you want to do, there's going to be ways and put on here for you can help us do greater works. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.